Hello, and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast on the internet with the science and the screaming to determine what is the single greatest movie of any given year. The year in question, 1982. The movies in question, so far we have done Blade Runner to great critical acclaim. We've done 48 Hours to slightly lesser. We're going to take a little break because uh, I am on vacation, and I brought my good friends, Mike and Greg, with me. I have a pino colata. I brought you guys on this submarine that oh is no. Ooh, thousands of meters underwater just to, like, I, I'm tired of the old, like, let's sit on the beach and vacay kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do something. Let's do something for once. Okay, I'm going stir crazy right away. We've been here for six minutes. Yeah. When I think of I'm do something, going to res- I think I'm going to resort to cannibalism. Being, <laughs> I'm going to do auto cannibalism. <laughs> Eat my own fingers. going to automatically do it? Yep. In my what part are you going to start with? Fingies. That fucking dick. Oh. Uh, what about the constant boom, boom? The sonar. Oh, that's that relaxing. You? you like that, right? Where it feels we like somebody's that. chucking tiny pebbles right at your metal ship forever. <laughs> what is that? A fire alarm that needs to have the battery reset? That's great. That's hypnotic. Dude, I got to practice and I have to do it alone is uh, grabbing the little circle door and jumping your legs first through it because i know the first yeah. dozen times i'm losing some teeth and nose <laughs> some <nose. laughs> i'm losing a little bit of nose on that one um yeah okay so i i think so many people when they think about vacations they think about like waterfalls you know little streams little bits of water mm-hmm. this yeah, i think is the water. amount of water that a vacation should have a whole ocean all around us, above us, all around us, trying to get into the ship, trying as hard as it can to push its way into the ship here with us. Wanting nothing more than to just be in the ship with us also on vacation. And to just drag us down into Poseidon's briny grasp and just to hold mm, us there until briny. we are no more. Get some olives. Ha- You're just swimming Have you guys taken a bolt yet? Taking a bolt? <laughs> <laughs> It's you mean, like, as a souvenir? I'm taking this with me on the road. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> I, I told the captain we want to go as deep as possible. So, And then sometimes you'll just be, like, brushing your teeth, and a bolt will fly out of the wall yeah. and hit you right in the mouth. And that captain's one of these captains that just, like, kind of goes, like, rrr, 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 and you're not sure what he's really yeah. saying. Yeah. So. I asked him to take us three knuckles deep, and he walked away from me. <laughs> he told us to say to him... Uh, I, I, Captain, but he's wearing a pirate patch, so I'm just saying I, Captain, right? Uh, That's anytime he walks in, I'm just standing on my desk going, oh, Captain, my Captain, because, <laughs> man, he is such a good teacher. And by more s- than standing, else. you mean, like, half squatting because your head would go right through that roof, right? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm too big a dude to be in t- inside one of these World War II submarines. Did so you guys see Maverick yet? Job. I didn't. With Mel uh, there's, I swear to God. It, no, this is Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay. Thank you. Easy mistake to make. I swear to God, in a movie that came out in t- 2022, Maverick is the teacher of Top Gun now. And the first thing he says is, hey, you know these manuals? Put them in the trash. No. Oh, how damn. else would they learn how to fly that fucking plane, man? You need the manual. And then he's like, okay, actually, take him out of the trash. Because yeah. there is some good stuff in there. Uh, We're going to make an amendment to it. There's <laughs> some good stuff in I there. Mean, I know more than in the manual, but you should start. It's a I, manual. I don't like to often talk about my time in the military, but we had a manual, and what they said is sleep less, read the manual more. Have that man with you all the time. If you're pooping, you're reading the manual. So uh, Maverick is not great. He's a bit no, of a, there's a word for it. Hmm. Rogue. I just had the craziest idea. If we're in a submarine, yes, and we have our own podcast about movies, and right. right now this podcast is about the films of 1982, what if, and stop me if you've heard this one, what if we recorded 
a podcast about the German film Das Boot, which was released in America in 1982 while in the submarine. Bing! I guess we could. I mean, I have watched it two times in the last week, so... Just in preparation for this vacay? Yeah, because, well, you're like, submarine vacay, and I was like, man, I gotta watch 1982's Das Boot. <laughs> I gotta have now, something Mike, to talk about on vacation. Yeah. Mike, you did not watch it. Do you still want to do this? Yeah, I love it. I, I bet I can riff. It's a submarine movie. Like, uh, what happens? I watched a documentary about those boots. <laughs> so I'll have different facts to bring. Did you watch Dust Boots Were Made for Walking? Yeah. <laughs> and that's <laughs> just a documentary. <laughs> Christopher Walken. Well, okay. So I guess when we come back, <laughs> let's do a show about Dust Boot. The Blade Runner of submarine movies, 1982's Dust Boot, has had a billion versions and cuts, including one supervised by writer-director Wolfgang Peterson in 1997. Writer or director of this movie, important to note. Not just general writer director. The, <laughs> the fools on this show watch the one that's three and a half hours, which is, which is on Tubi at the time of this recording. Based on the 1973 novel of the same name, Das Boot follows a German U-96 boat during the Battle of the Atlantic during World War II. Think about that. Germans during World War II. Mm -hmm. The most expensive film in German history at the time, the movie was a smash hit and in America... Get this shit. The subtitled version crossed more than the dubbed version. Whoa. Whoa. Way to go, Americans. We Back did it, guys. We had a we country. <laughs> they went in there and did some reading. Das Boot was nominated for six Oscars, including one for director Wolfgang Peterson and one for screenwriter Wolfgang Peterson. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Did the three of us get all of the sub puns out of our system in our tech thread throughout the last week, or... Are we going to have to do them on this show? Are there still some under the surface, maybe? We're going to have Ryan. to dive deep to get a few more. <laughs> Holy shit. Underwater <laughs> boat. I was so nard ready for that. <laughs> Taste Buds asking this. What was it like for you as an audience member to watch a boat full of Nazis? So strange to when they so that there's a bunch of times you think they might die, but the end when they are all getting hit by Usain Bolts and it is they are off yeah. the dial and they're on the bottom of the sea and everybody's like sleeping with oxygen masks. Uh yeah. And then they survive. I went through it, I was You're like, so I'm happy. so happy this the tub Nazis full of Nazis lived. Woo The when you say uh scuba masks, you mean the ones straight up from Dune, right? Yeah. Like Pinching your nose. They were fremming it up <laughs> while they were sleeping. <laughs> the captain was shoving things back down people's throats so they could breathe better, which breathe is a better. weird way to fucking wake up. You, I feel like you constantly forget that they're dirty Nazis throughout the movie. And then, like, there's the part where they go up onto, like, the merchant vessel. Uh -huh. And uh, the guys, like, throw them the, the Sig Heil. And you're like, oh, yeah, fuck <laughs> these fucks. You're fucking Nazis. I hope you all fucking die. But then you see it about to happen, and you're like, oh. No, but I don't want them to die. But I love them. I think that there's a few things. One is uh, the captain made the same face I made when they sig heiled him as go, oh, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, w I will point out, we should talk about that the captain starts the movie in a little bit of uh, Don Draper theory of let's get everybody on this guy's side right in the very mm. first scene of being like, fucking Nazis are stupid. You know who I don't <laughs> like? Hitler. Yeah, I'd kill for him, but I kind of think he's a wanker. It's uh, a in the first, There's a big Nazi party in the beginning. Uh, not the one you're thinking of. Like, everybody's <laughs> drinking and stuff. <laughs> and a, a guy gets up on stage and says, these fucking Nazis are stupid and Hitler's a moron. And I, the crowd, like, encroaches. Like, oh, we're going we're gonna to murder what? this guy. And the captain's like, he's got some good points. That's we're Captain only Phillips. because of that guy. Captain Phillips, uh, who is the captain, who's not the captain now. I thought he was our main character. I was like, I love this guy. And what we get yeah. is a guy who's just a little more sober 
take on that same like it does feel like in general the sub and who knows if this is true but the the you men seem to be in general like i hate the fucking war i hate the fucking nazis let's all climb into this death trap and i guess this is what we do yeah and they're like trying to sink civilian vessels so it's like these are bad guys trying to do bad things and i think in a way the point is that it kind of humanizes them and then at the end of the day it's like you know what they are not themselves hardcore Nazis, but if it weren't for people like them, the Nazis wouldn't right. be anywhere. They wouldn't have gotten anywhere. It was the fact that they were willing to do whatever it took mm-hmm. to enforce something that they obviously did not believe in, that they rolled ah. their eyes every time it came up, and then they were like, but you know what we should do? Let's go kill some people on behalf of these lunatics. They, they hate the one guy who still shaves under the boat. None of them do. In, in the, one of the first scenes, they're excited about not shaving and getting beards. And oh, that's, yeah, in dude. general, if you're post-revolutionary war, no military is into beards. But the sub guys cannot wait to wear little uh, coconut bras and grow <laughs> beards. But there's one guy who is super Hitler youth, and I think one of them calls him Hitler youth. At a one per- and he's an officer, and nobody gives him respect because he is too Nazi. They're like, we're all in this party, man, but you fucking get out of hitler's ass please at one point in the uh officer's dining room yeah. which is a part of the hallway <laughs> ab- about as big as like it's like a wood paneled part of the hallway <laughs> it's like imagine if you and your five best friends were sitting on a desk in elementary school yeah that's what this is like and, and if you're a high-ranking officer you're on the part that you don't have to get up yeah, yeah. To walk through if you're a lower ranking officer you have to constantly get up because you're in a hallway um uh, everybody's looking at him because this motherfucker is like properly using a fork and knife to yes. eat his goddamn food. Yeah, to like the, to eat his weird underwater food. Yeah, this was the dude that was like he was home free. He was in Mexico. Yeah, he was on his quote step parents plantation. What does that mean, step parents? Yeah, two step parents. A step parent. Wait, hold on. So your mom and dad <laughs> got divorced, married two people, and then those two people fell in love and so became yes. your step parents. Pornhub family. He chose them. He got stuck <laughs> in a well in the plantation. So he was on his step parents' plantation in Mexico, and he's like, you know what? I got to go back. I got to be part of this. Yes, you well, do, my friend. And he was the one who kept like reading like the Nazi manual yeah. all the time. And they're like, uh, fucking throw that out the window, the sub window. I can't. <laughs> do you think he realized he was about 10 years early because it was... Ten years later, that all the Nazis would run to Central and South America. Yeah, and he's he like, guys, I thought Brazil? we were meeting here. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to set up like the big camp and casino in Brazil? The mm-hmm. rat lines. Um, I yeah, I think a major point that Greg brought up is the middle part, uh, uh, where they get off the boat, which is so crazy to see them on land or not even land. They're on a, a different, different boat. boat. They're on, but they're on a surface. Yeah, boat. So yeah. All these fancy above the water. So to them, they're in like heaven, and yeah. there's all of these incredible foods like herring salad you have to try this delicious herring salad keep in mind they're german so on top of being naturally evil they like don't understand what good food is hey i put a ton of mayonnaise on this dirty fish pickled in its own cum and mayonnaise would you like to eat more plop plop but before that we get um we don't have nazis in nazi uniforms and that's something that i haven't seen before like they don't even rock the black band Mm -hmm. um and that does a lot uh that gives you a lot of runway for accepting these people also the fact that it's German made and about Nazis, like if this was any other country, we would have seen much less vile shit. And Mm. I have to give it up that they said, you know, we're going to make this, this movie is going to be about the bad guys of world war two who used to be us, but it's not going to be rah, rah. And maybe the only way you can do that to make it not 
super patriotic is to put Nazis at the heart of it or Germans or whatever you want to call it. But it, it's not rah rah, but it's also not like cartoons like these are human beings like i think if this was about a british u-boat i don't think it would have stuck in my head all week uh mm. and and it really did and the scene where they they, they finally saying surf- temporary unironically they finally surface british. and uh, after they shot one of the boats and they're like oh it's on fire they're like people are still on there we wanted to hurt some of them, but what the fuck? Why didn't anybody save them? And then they look so bummed, and some of them are puking, and some of them are crying. And they're like, I guess we can't save these people we tried to kill. And that scene, uh, that scene is when I was like, and this isn't in the bracket? Yeah. <laughs> let's <laughs> you know let's dissect that scene a little bit later. Um, but ultimately, like, can you imagine if this movie was American-made? would suck it'd be fucking red dawn with nazis like or pearl harbor <laughs> or it would they would have to be cartoonishly evil i mean that that especially the way like germany handles depictions of nazis especially the way they did in the 1980s like they're more hardcore like you don't have the freedom of speech in germany to like say pro nazi stuff like that mm-hmm. is not your right and so even just outward german patriotism was rare until like 2010, like with the World Cup. Like they, they have not felt good about themselves. Man, which we need is, that. Ve- yeah, we need it so let's bad. export Honestly, that shit. I mean, that's like, couldn't we use a little bit of that? Yes. Just like a little humility and just feeling a little bad about ourselves for a while. There's this video of a uh, Trump fan getting interviewed, and at the end, just saying awful stuff. And at the end, the reporter, who's like a notorious uh, Trump fan troll, um, asked, "Yeah, but you you think slavery is wrong, right?" No comment. Well, I'm going to give you one more chance and just kept giving him chances no to just comment. just say that slavery is wrong. No comment. But so there, there's a certain sect of people who cannot say uh, anything that's ever been done in this history of this country is wrong because then I hate this country and I want it to not exist. And then like, it, it's it's fucking baffling. I have a an unfortunate extended family member by marriage who is pro-Columbus because Columbus discovered America. Therefore, nothing Columbus ever did was wrong. Uh-huh. So this, this person is just allowed to be in the world. <laughs> Every night he goes to bed reading his 1982 elementary school history text good. and just takes in every word. Good job, Christopher. You did it. <laughs> you found America, and we all followed you to the promised land. All right. Well, that's what it's like to watch a movie about Nazis as heroes, I guess. Uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about the other issues besides war. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com, and it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way, we get a little piece of the action, and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show. That's Movie of the Year. And that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Reviewing this movie in 1985, Chicago film critic 
uh, Dave Kerr said that the film has no qualities beyond its formal polish and its careful avoidance or rather displacement of the moral and political issues involved can seem too crafty, too convenient. Now, I, I think that it's... It, I don't think any of us are going to argue that this film is formally bullshit, right? Like, this is one of the most crazy-looking, feeling movies we've oh, ever yeah. seen. Yeah. They were inside a submarine. Long. And they filmed it's inside... Th- this was not like, let's pull this wall back. Like, they shot it in a fucking submarine. No, it was claustrophobic and cramped. And a lot of those shots where you feel the intent of the shot without noticing the shot itself, which I always like. Let, But how easy is it for us to tell Dave Kerr from 1985 to shut the fuck up? Like, does this movie have other stuff to offer besides, holy shit, they filmed what it's like to be in a submarine? I think Dave Kerr is a bit of a cur, <laughs> which is an old insult. Holy moly, you're going to have to duel this dude. <laughs> I'll slap him across the face. To, to watch this and just be like, mm, formal but nothing else is... I, I think what about not really just that. Good acting? <laughs> yeah, that the acting is phenomenal. The the fact that like you go back and forth on so many of the main characters. I'd say there's probably two main ish characters: the uh, submarine but, like, itself and the, the sea. submarine and the ocean and New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and which one do you want to win? It, it it's I I think you grow and evolve and change and and I think humanizing Nazis, but also. If, if this was an American sub or a British sub, dehumanizing people who are supposed to look at heroes, no matter where you stand, if you watch this and take the, if you can, take this out of any sort of war context, watching the things they do and go through is one of the most interesting war movies we've ever watched. I mean, we did watch Come and, Come see. and see. But other than that one, Americans don't know how to make fucking war movies. And it's so unfair like, to this movie that we've seen Come and see. Like, uh, yeah. Otherwise, it's real bummer. <laughs> there are similarities. But I have to say, like this movie is overtly political. And part of what it's about is here are guys who probably think of themselves as not political. And yet they are literally mm. part of this war machine. And they're what makes it work. And if it wasn't for their mindset, and if it wasn't for how hard they work, none of this would be possible. And we can feel like their lost humanity in all of that. And we can feel like they are still our enemies and the enemies of decent people. And like, so I think it's about this really extremely complex emotional landscape and not to fall back on like cliches, but also just the like brutality and terribleness of, of war, no matter who it is directed at. And no matter who is the one directing it. My issue with what Dave Kerr said is that the movie was missing some sort of speechifying or monologuing from a character or a president or a chancellor or somebody. And that's the exact fucking thing you would have bitched about in your review if that happened. Yeah, you would have been like, that's way too heavy handed. Let me interpret the movie. Don't have a character tell me how to interpret the movie. What what a fucking moron. There's there's so many great lines. What a fucking uh, dipshit, dude. <laughs> the Try captain again, at some idiot. point looks around he says all you need is good people like yeah that is important political uh the the redhead lieutenant who actually works his way in and everybody starts liking who's there is like the the photog but then they're like ah, i guess you're one of us now uh him saying uh it's big love what you got to go for is big love like him being like here we're, we're bonding now it's emotional i'm gonna take things to your friends there's so many emotional and human and political things woven throughout but it's never mel gibson You'll never and, take our freedom. Yeah. Fuck Dave Kerr. I mean, Mel Gibson writes movies for the trailer, right? I just right. I want to have voiceover for the trailer. I don't care what else happens in the movie, at least with Braveheart. Um, whereas this, like, the, I, th- I find the captain absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Uh, yes. Very handsome compared to the rest of the cast. But uh, also, he, I think that he is competent but not perfect. He's beloved. I think he's a bad captain, dude. 
Um, oh, if he didn't have the chief, <laughs> I don't know if he could. Okay. Um, but the little things in the beginning, like don't take pictures to the photog. He said, don't take pictures yet. They don't have their beards. Yeah, he knows right. that's going to make a better story. Like, where are your concerns here? And then later on, um, while the ship is, everyone's about to die. Like, it's very clear everyone's about to die. And he, like, he comes down the ladder during an alarm, and he's like, everybody take good records. Make sure you, <laughs> you take very good records about what's going on. Um, this is the kind of guy he is, which is very reminiscent to me of Alec Guinness and uh, Bridge Over River Kwai, of just like, even though I've been tasked to do this as a prisoner, I'm still going to do the best fucking job yeah. of all time. Like, sort of losing focus of what's going on. In the meantime, away from his men, he's realizing that, it's like his mission is essentially go out there and if you survive, cool. You probably won't. If you do some good for the war, cool. And we and don't if give you survive, a fuck. we'll throw you back out there. Right. Again. And if you ask for two people to survive, we will spit in your face and say, no, no, How no. Read this you. alone and we will say no. What are the you, reason, Dave Kerr, you dipshit? The reason <laughs> I think he's a bad captain, right, is not just to be contrarian, is because he is the most eye rollingest of all the people about the Fuhrer and about the Hitler yeah. youth and everything. But when. The su- as soon as he sights the enemy, it doesn't matter if it's bad so weather conditions. He throws his ship in there, and he puts his ship in danger, and he almost loses it. And he does that three different times where he is overly aggressive. I mean, the first maneuver we see of his is go way too deep to uh-huh. make the new people sick. Just yeah, to show right. how fucking crazy a submarine is. And then there's and the, the destroyer that he's like, the, the redheaded guy's like, nobody would ever attack in weather like this. And you can see why, because you can't see the yeah. fucking ship with the periscope. And then the destroyers, which are really fast, zig and zag and get around you and start flanking you. That was bad news for them. And is it the chief or the navigator later who's just like, wait, his plan was to go as fast as we could through this strait? Yeah. He knew we were all going to die. <laughs> like, see, I think and, he's... And that's, oh, go, Mike. I was gonna say why he's fascinating is because he goes back and forth between a Tom Hanks type of military leader in his eighteen military roles and an Ahab. He just vacillates, and yeah. that feels so much more real. He's a human being. He he he'd like to think of himself as a good leader. He cares about his men, but every once in a while, he lets also lets the water get to him. But it's not freaking out. I want to just die. It's what if I kill everybody in a blaze of glory? Remember and, and, how when Johan is freaking out and they're like, yeah. they're like, get Johan the fuck out of here because the captain comes back with a fucking gun. He was gonna shoot that dude right in the brain because that is ultimately how he responds to things. I will because he's a fascist. He is not just like I mm. reject Nazism. He does in one way, but then when he comes to his own decision making, he's like, I will always use violence as a means to get what i want and i will use it as directly as possible he's like i reject nazism fascism should be called captainism it'd be based <laughs> on me <laughs> the fear is a fucking a- artist asshole and imagine if he had shot johan because johan is the one who well, is one of the ones that's like instrumental in making the u-boat work again which i will say is probably the corniest most hollywood part of the movie oh is yeah johan's sure. redemption like that guy was fucked out of his mind dude he was he, gonna try to run up the thing he was like i'm gonna get out yeah. of here <laughs> just but i believe that, that 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 kind of panic happens sure but what, what i what i liked is johan was one of four it was the chief the captain's number two yeah. did the most the captain's number two came back and was like i fixed this i fixed this i fixed this everybody else has been asleep oh i fixed this i guess there's a couple other problems like johan helped yeah but he, he it would have been too dumb in hollywood if it was johan who like came back with Airbud and saved the day do you think what Dave Kerr is talking about at all relates to our first segment of just it's unfair to make audiences watch Nazis as main characters? That's what I think he's. Re- yeah. I mean, it, that, what he's responding to is this 
leaves you in such an emotionally like pretzeled form. That so he's pissed not, at the movie word. Yeah, that it's not comfortable. And you're not, I don't think you're supposed to ever be comfortable with this movie ever. I don't think no. Germans were supposed to be. I don't think people were supposed to go out and be like, yeah, Germans. Like the movie makes, uh, takes pains not to be that way. It makes everything seem kind of pointless, right? And so mm-hmm. I, 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 but I think he doesn't like that the movie for at moments you forget they're Nazis, you feel for them. And then you feel bad about that later. You want them to make that sub work. And when they right. do, you're so glad they get home. And when you see the planes in the sky, you're, you're like, boom. no, my buddies. You know, like you're supposed to feel all that. And it's weird. And that's part of what you're supposed to experience. I mean, doing some reading about, I uh, did you guys, after you watch the three and a half version, three and a half hour version, go and watch the two and a half hour version just to compare. No. And then the one and a half? There were several scenes, though, where I was like, you're not in the regular version. D- you're not totally necessary. <laughs> yeah, doing some reading. Uh, was it Tiki Dance? It was basically <laughs> a uh, clip show, like a sports center version of the three and a half hour version, which was basically just the like the boom booms and the explosions. Mm. And that, I think, completely ruins the movie because that uncomfortability that Greg and probably Dave Kerr are talking about is absolutely necessary. You have yeah. to be as nauseous and as sweaty and as Johan as this crew <laughs> is. And there's there's so many versions of a character's board, so I think you should be bored that I roll my eyes at and Jarhead. think it sucks. Jar, yes, I was going to say Jar. Get out of my brain. Uh, but this one does it. And I also think I'm old enough, and I've told the listeners I'm getting into like detective novels. That's how I know I'm old. I was so bored throughout watching this movie and loved it every second. Yeah. And I went, oh, I'm a middle-aged man. <laughs> that is that, that one-two bunch. I am, I am enjoying my boring World War II movie. You're six years but, away from loving all those Tom Hanks Apple Plus movies. Oh, no. Like Greyhound? Like Greyhound. Dude, I couldn't name one. I was just uh, trying to think. Greyhound is the story of a... It's based on the book The Good Shepherd, and it is the story of a destroyer captain who is escorting... An American destroyer captain who is escorting uh, a convoy across the Atlantic. And so it is the opposite of this movie, and it's it's very fascinating. It's cool in many of the same ways. It's a dad movie, for sure, but like, yeah. you know, I'm of a certain age myself, so... Hold on, bud. The opposite of this movie, it's the uh, opposite of sub would be bus. What's yeah, the a, most famous it's bus speed. line? <laughs> it's Greyhound. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. That's nuts. Shut down Man. the podcast. You think you get Ryan's jokes and he's playing five-dimensional chess. You have fucking no idea. What I just said made Mike go so crazy he's trying to climb out of the sub. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's fucking take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the man, the, the myth, the legend, a guy named Wolfgang. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you could pay for ryan to draw you a picture Uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter while you're on the internet you should check out shady monk he does all the tunes you've been listening to he's on bandcamp he's on spotify uh soundcloud wherever kids get their music these days that i'm too old to know shady monk lives there uh you can probably follow him on twitter and instagram as well that's shady monk wherever you get music Check him out. Peterson turned Das Boot into a 20-year Hollywood career, including such movies as The NeverEnding Story, Outbreak, Air Force One, and The Perfect Storm. 
Taste buds, how many genres are we watching, Peterson? Perfect and or upend in this movie. Show your work, and anybody who says that he perfected the subgenre will lose 40 points on next week's show. Under definitely <laughs> underwater horror. Yes. Uh, I was so surprised at ha- like the very not just tense moments, but scary moments. And the sound of that sonar. Uh, I don't know if you can really hear sonar like that, but that is so menacing. The idea that you can hear them. They could hear Mm -hmm. them looking for them so that they could drop depth charges on them. I thought that was so effectively done. And it felt it suddenly put the movie in a new place and it made you realize like, yeah, like it's not this isn't just a war movie. The horror these characters Mm -hmm. are feeling is is pure terror in that same way that you would experience in a horror movie. You hear them hear you? No, (laughs) not okay. Uh, so, so horror, war movie, probably. Yeah. Uh, With horror, though, I, uh, real quick, Mike, I want to stick to, uh, it's so easy to make jump scares in horror with loud sounds. And to watch this movie so efficiently use silence as the scary part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is, that's what I think is the most impressive. Like, we are, there's one point where we're watching the guy with headphones on. I would say the original podcaster. Uh, <laughs> And he's, I think he's not just trying to hear if something happened, but like also measure how far away it is uh, based on the sound. And he does hear something and we see his face. Everyone else can't see him. And then we also see him go, fuck, fuck. (laughs) Like he needs to tell his crew what he heard and he can't do it. And I was shitting myself during that part. And it's so messed up to learn that they have to whisper because the boats might hear them. Yeah. What? Yeah, because they have the the boats have their version of that guy right. who's listening, yeah, to the water. And honestly, like that's why when they go into silent running, they're literally silent and they try to be still because the otherwise the sounds will pick up in the the boat. Plus, you don't want to talk loud and wake up every enemy of the mob. Those guys are sleeping with the fishes, and <laughs> that's true. Yeah, let them stay asleep. Let them, you want them to be asleep. Uh, also, it's like a uh, workplace dramedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it is just like man. All sorts of people are thrown together on this sub. And, like, what happens when you do that? Should there have been more confessionals? <laughs> yes. Oh, I would love that. I, I would love to hear how everybody feels about the redhead smirker. To have to work next to somebody who nobody knows what they do, but all their job is to be redheaded and smirk and laugh at everybody else there. And you're like, what are your skills? What do you bring here? The, the redheaded with the beard who's always smirking and insulting everyone and farting. Uh-huh. Yeah. What it's like to work with him, Mike. I, I couldn't imagine <laughs> the fucking horror. A gingy nightmare. Uh, but also, it's like, it, it's a very, it's like an allegory. It's like a political allegory, really. Mm-hmm. They literally are in a war machine, and they are kind of semi-dissenting voices who are an integral part of this war machine that carries out all the desires of the the Nazi party. And I think that that sort of like allegorical reading of it and pressure um i think works on a lot of those levels as well and 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 works for literally any country that is up its own asshole because the scene the scene we talked about already where they go up to the merchant ship the guy's like we've made these in our own bakery i mean life is pretty hard out here don't get me wrong like it is the same thing for like i'm gonna clap on veterans day when they come back but i i will fucking don't look me in the eye you homeless veteran when i'm at the getting off the freeway that part where the guy who like anyone who's like the captain of a ship is probably kind of like a military fetishist as mm-hmm. well, and probably thinks to themselves, like, I'm basically kind of in the military because I'm like a captain. The, like, share with me the stories of your frontline experiences, that turns my fucking stomach so hard. Yeah. And th- it's these gladiator guys are, this. 
What'd you say? It's like uh, be having gladiators. Yeah, totally. It's yes. like, I'm going to sit in my throne, and I'm going to watch you guys kill yourself. And there's a type of guy who does it to, like, every fucking vet that he mm-hmm. runs into who thinks that he's like su- that he really gets it and that he's like of the same because he owns three AKs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so that's sort of like like um adventurism when talking right. to vets. Like he can see these guys obviously they look horrified. Like they all Oh look- they come up so yes. fucked up. <laughs> none of them look none of them even look that happy except for the redheaded smirker that there's bakery stuff there. Yeah. They're I mean, just like what the fuck is what do we do here? I think that they are much like us, like the whole clash of classes is hitting mm-hmm. them. They're like, you know, even if they could be in this room before they left and it would be fine, they wouldn't notice anything. But they walk in there and they're like, fuck this. They think that we're all a part of the same war. Right. And, you know, you if you're a soldier, you have to think that to a certain extent, you know, we're all on the same side. But like, fuck this, though. Yeah. I read that scene as the captain had decided it's wrong of me to be up here and to eat any of this stuff. And then it's never said, but I just imagined because he resists the food at first and then right. eventually like does give in and eats that fig and then gets a whole slop of herring. I don't know if he ever touches it or not. Jesus Christ. But like that, I, I felt very much like that was like, you know, the being tarnished by that world of pretense, you know, that uh-huh. he had said to himself, I was I'm not going to give in to that. And then it, yet it infects him, you know, and it infects the right. world. It's only real when you're greasy and covered in dirt and amongst the men. Oh, and so sweaty. Yeah, there's so one. Sweaty, I give it up to this one guy in the captain's, you know, on that on the boat with all the food, where they're all posing for pictures and introducing each other. Half of them are have bathed, half of them have not, and then one guy almost just barbs. He's like, "I've been standing <laughs> next to this person who smells like shit for 30 <laughs> seconds, and I cannot take it anymore." They talk about the that there's a toilet. There's one toilet per 50 yeah, dudes. We see it once. What? But like. Is there like a shower stall or is there like a hose and where you get sprayed or is it just like you go up top and then the ocean water? I, that's sprays. yeah, that's where you get ocean it. spray. And we all know it's Ooh, fine it's to get juice. real salty and wet and just let that dry. Yeah, Nothing right? ever happens. The, yeah. Oh, where man. do they get crabs? Are <laughs> they bring it on the ship because they're one guy they're who came boys. in with it? Yeah. Okay. And then it just like it just takes off. Was there a, like an allusion to? homosexuality Gayness, maybe when everybody's got crabs on their in their pubes and then one guy has it in his eyebrows i wondered about that and then because then someone's like oh it's really bad when it's in your eyebrows and it's, it's the like, hitler youth right who yeah, yeah they're all making, making fun of them and yeah. yeah it does seem like i don't because the guy's just like what's that in your eyebrow it does feel just like a homophobic slur maybe not necessarily he really had eyebrow crabs i mean like because then it would seem like, hey, where, where how'd you get those? Like, yeah. where was your, where is your head? Where? Although I'm sure that all throughout the ship, it does just spread or whatever. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I wondered if they were going to make more of that. They felt like there was so much stuff the movie ultimately could only sort of hint at, um, because it only had four hours. <laughs> but I sort of, I, I sort <laughs> so of, I think much. that's what leads it to like this workplace drama is that all of these tiny conversations and situations that we only get a little glimpse of yeah. because there's fifty of them. And, you know, we're moving around that shit pretty quickly. The last genre I want to talk to you guys about was action. This guy made the perfect storm, which that seems like a pretty good movie to give to him. Um, Now he's on top of the water instead of underneath. Instead of fuck with water. Uh, One of the last big Hollywood movies he had was Troy. Um, Not a ton of battle scenes per se. uh, You know, because it's all them in the ship with the battle going on around them that we can't see. I want to talk about the ending, though, which was pretty action-y. 
and then also a weird sort of a little coda for the end. What did you guys think of his shooting of the movie and his inclu- uh, of the ending and his inclusion of the ending? I think what he gets about action is that it's better if you wait for it. Because you can become numb to constant explosions and gunfire, but the, unless the, it's the Fast and Furious series, yes, unless it's that they're the only ones who can pull it off. Uh, but he and they work with subs better than he does. Uh, but the very calmness to that works so well. We're like now we're shaky cam. Normally I'd be like, oh shaky cam, but because it's been so still and quiet for an hour, <laughs> when we get the fifteen minutes of that, it's just like oh fuck, oh fuck. <laughs> uh, and then the end, I, I do think, could be cheesier, but there, there's something about the way he handles it and the, the fact that it's turning into a normal Hollywood war movie of, like, now we're following, like, two people and we're, they're just running around singing from their point of view. I don't know. It seemed to work. And I, when I was watching it, I thought, this is kind of over the top. Because, like, the, the photographer in the movie, that's the guy who would, like, go on to write the book that this is based on. And th- this did not happen in his story. But then I got thinking, you know, ultimately, though, that is the story for Germany, right? Germany gets just bombed to absolute smithereens. Um, you know, like the firebombing of Dresden, killing like 350,000 mm-hmm. people or whatever it is. Like, so that, like, the, the, that does happen in the real world, even if it didn't happen in this story. And then that made me feel a little bit better about it, except to say that, like, don't you always feel that this, this doom hanging over this crew and you think that they're going to die in the water and for them to get out of it and then immediately get gunned down I, on some level i just thought this is like just a little too much so i went back and forth but ultimately yeah it is a little heavy-handed it is a little i don't know it, it doesn't stick totally right with me i can see how it sort of turns it into like a weak-ass twilight zone episode but also yeah, like irony you know here comes <laughs> that was the name of both planes that bombed the docks but uh also, like, I do think it harkens back to what we were talking about before of like, oh, man, it sucks that these characters died. Oh, did it, audience? You're sad right. about the Nazis dying? Ah, <laughs> look at what we did with this war movie. And, you know, I think th- another thing the movie effectively does is uh, in, for the fans of the Allies, the German subs are a very, like, scary idea. But the sub, like, is not a very scary weapon it's actually not very strong and it's not great no. at what it does and so the idea that they were trying to sort of stem the tide and stand against something that was so much bigger than them yeah which ultimately that's what happened you know like there's that shot of all the bombers and it like they right. must there must be like an effect or something because it's like a kaleidoscope they they fl- they fan out like mm-hmm. that's what they brought on themselves that's what they were trying to stop happening was this arsenal of democracy that america would eventually put together and then just absolutely destroy Germany. That's what they did. And as much as they are a scary force, they also are bringing about their own doom and destruction. And so dramatizing that in the movie does feel appropriate on that level. And I, for one, am glad that they did. Yeah, we're anti. As a podcast, Nazis, big thumbs down. You see a Nazi, you can punch them. If it looks punch like them you, right in their fucking face. If it looks like you can take them. One last question before we get to some awards. This is just for Mike. Mike, were you surprised? In our text feed throughout the week that was full of puns about submarines, how Greg would just come correct the entire time with all these submarine facts? Yes. You <laughs> would just know facts about the submarines. It's and so I was like, oh, he's at that age. Where now he's just memorizing <laughs> machine facts. It's just weird to be friends with people 
they'll say something and you're like, that's not about pop culture. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what are you what doing? Is this? <laughs> I've read a couple of books that are about submarines. Yeah. That's how you're going to be building boats and bottles in no time. <laughs> the progressive commercials tell me that means you're turning into your parents. <laughs> well, you know what? I invite it because my parents are both really cool. Nerd. <laughs> Let's take a break. And when we come back, this movie was nominated for six Oscars, but it won zero. How many Moody's will it win? All of them tonight. Oh, shit. I blew the surprise. <laughs> well, that is very, very funny or very sad. And perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic. And perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at your pop filter. Email contacts at your pop filter hey everybody keep watching them movies we have some awards to hand out just the normal ones that we give to every movie on the show we are going to start with greg and his cringiest moment what is the cringiest moment of das boot gotta be those crabs being everywhere my man like and i mean everywhere uh sailors all have their pants down they're going through with a small comb and it's just like they're hitting it with this powder but I don't know. Crabs are insidious. And once they're like like entrenched in the boat, I don't think they're ever getting rid of those. So I'm definitely going with crabs. I know when you're underwater, you're going to be having to deal with crabs, Ryan. But I didn't think they'd be on my crotch. Mike, okay? <laughs> when the doctor used a magnifying glass to look for the crabs, did you just think he was trying to find his penis his like penis, your doctor yeah. has to deal Where's with you? Where's your dick? <laughs> 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 yes, it's true. This sailor has no dick. <laughs> Mike, what's your cringiest moment? Uh, my cringiest moment is the... There's like one sweetie, because uh, all we know is that he writes letters to his fiance and they steal his pictures and yeah. they're throwing them around. And they're like, you fuck this ugly slut? And it's just like, ew, I know that they're, this is the most accurate depiction of soldiers, but this is gross. I knew you were Nazis. I didn't know you were uncouth. I didn't know you were a gentleman. <laughs> and that's just in more ways than one. A lot of semen touched that picture that oh, night. Oh, gosh. From jerking it. Oh, right. Oh, now I get it. I'm into it. Uh, that is a good one, Mike, but we're going to have to give it up to the crabs who hey. got so big, they also stole the picture and ran away with it. <laughs> and then they did that crab rave dance. Uh probably Wolfgang Peterson's only entry into the movie of the year challenge. Uh, as much as I love Air Force One and the never ending story, this is probably it. Uh, what do you think is his pure director's signature movement or moment in this movie, Mike? I, he does it a few times, but I think it is the absolute silence with absolute chaos followed right after it. So it's any time. Like it's he is the Nirvana of directors, and I've always said that. Go back throughout the catalog; you can hear me saying that, and it just finally makes sense. And you were into him early, yeah, right before he got I was, like popular. When, they were kind of, when he was kind of metal, <laughs> before that kid from Scream joined the band. Uh, that's a pretty good one, Greg. What do you got? Uh, for me, it's the very first time he uh, when they dive and he runs the camera from the very back of the ship all the way up to the front because when the submarine dives when it has to dive like really fast it includes uh, all the people who are not doing something on the sub at the moment running to the very front and just using their weight to help push the nose of it down <laughs> uh, and that shot all the way up there's like a part where a curtain gets thrown in front of the camera a guy falls over right in front of it mm-hmm. there's so much uh, like hand cam action stuff in this but that one I think sets up a lot of what happens later when we see more 
chaos when subsequent dives and subsequent problems with the ship. It's so crazy that in 20 years, they will send something very similar to that to the moon. But right now, they just have this fucking death trap in the water. Yeah. I don't know why you would ever get in that. Uh, also good. Both great answers. But yeah, I think the uh, Nirvana song of it all is really what makes this movie. And Greg, pound for pound performance. I would say that we have one barely lead and then about 49 to 65 supporting characters here. Who stole the show for you? For me, it was definitely Jurgen Prochnow, the guy that played the captain. Um, you see him be, you know, incensed at command. Uh, you see him worry for his boys. You see him be scared for the, his ship. Uh, and then, but then you also see him be like super aggressive, super violent. Um, sometimes he looks like he is sick. Um, I think that you just see all the different complex emotions in this one guy, and he gets a ton of the the camera time as well. And uh, I think that he has both that humanity that the movie is talking about, but then also that edge into, no, this guy's a fucking Nazi. He even looks like a fucking Nazi uh, that keeps you from ever feeling comfortable, and I think he's leaning into that. It's almost like uh, Scheider and Shaw from Jaws in one character. Yes. Like Brody mm-hmm. and... Like they time-copped into one goopy time-cop thing. <laughs> Ew, guys, goopy. We have to stop doing that. It just leads to goop. <laughs> uh, so Captain for Greg. Mike, who's your PFP? <laughs> Yeah, if if it's not the captain, I do think uh, Herbert Gronemeyer, uh, who plays the redheaded photographer. Mm. I also there's a lot of redhead. Uh, there's a there's representation a, in this a movie. A lot of ginger action going on. <laughs> uh, but he watching him grow and change, and it's not just because he arcs, but like I think he he starts off close to Hitler youth guy, and is quickly, and then he's that doofus who like laughs walking up to the circle before he even hears what they're joking about, <laughs> and then by the end is one of them. Uh, and watching him grow and change and just like he does a lot silently like watching people go oh i want to lift that from the captain but i like the chief maybe the chief is a better guy to grow from like watching him figure out what kind of man he wants to be if he lives through this uh i think he crushes yeah i think the captain is such a good pick but i'm gonna give it to the photog because i always love uh doing more with less and we do have to watch this guy sort of become that guy like we were talking about on deck with all the nice food about how like i'm uh-huh. just i'm a soldier too but i'm not you're just yeah he's just faking it the photon does that in a much more organic way m- more believable way so mike you take that one what is your recommendation if you like das boot mine yes should i go to uh, greg first no i can do it uh because i'm gonna get this out of the way now uh if you liked das boot and you want a complicated war movie about one of america's enemies you know we love it or maybe you don't your new listener go check out come and see see it once <laughs> <laughs> see it once and think about it every night as you fall asleep <laughs> come twice see it once uh what was that movie about can you give us a little uh- info that is uh, a, a kid gets sort of drafted, sort of joins a Russian war movement, and then he's like on the rebel side and then goes through the countryside and just gets real shot at in real life because uh, that director was bananas bullshit. Uh, and that one goes way more surreal and what is real and what isn't real uh, and horrors of war by being an inch from this child's face for most of the movie. Really upsetting this kid quite a lot and then filming it yeah. while he cried. Oh, yeah, upsetting the actor. Like, yeah. The yes. actor aged 35 years on this set. Yeah, they shot at this kid. I mean, they for real shot at this kid. They said, hide behind this cow. We're going to shoot at it. 
with blanks, and they went what, and then just shot at it with real blank bullets. what. I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> Your word was bleeped. It sounded like you said blank. Uh, Greg, your recommendation? Uh, if you want to see what's going on up top, then you should watch the movie for dads on Apple TV Plus, Greyhound, starring the Hanks, Tom Hanks. One of the suite of movies that Apple TV said, only we will have these movies. And America said, okay. What? <laughs> uh, but I've ent- I have seen each of them News of the World uh, the one where he makes a robot that's his friend and this one oh shit and they're all good they're all good this is the best one Greyhound and uh, it's about just trying to make that crossing and keep these fucking subs out, out of the convoy and if you wanted to know why they didn't go back and save those people in the convoy the, much to the shock of the Germans uh, they would tell you why in Greyhound because of uh, double tap Ooh. attacks they would just go and fight the boats that would go back to save the guys. They would sink them, too. So eventually they made a rule. They were like, if you get sunk, hasta la pasta. <laughs> okay, but they didn't need to scream hasta la pasta at their burning comments. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I think it helps separate you emotionally. Yeah. You know, you're like, <laughs> yes, I'm leaving you to drown, but also I'm saying something kind of fun, hasta la pasta. Was the Tom Hanks and Robot Friend movie called Not Chappy? <laughs> a movie that's completely different from Chappie. Are all movies really Chappie or not Chappie? Yeah, you dude, can divide them are into- you, Pinocchio? Oh, I'm Chappie. Okay, very good. How about you, Frankenstein? Yeah, I'm also a Chappie. Uh, if you hear that conversation, you leave that party immediately. Yeah, dude, I can't fucking get out of here. Speaking of Frankenstein, did you like that It's Alive vibes when they get that engine going again? Uh-huh. Yeah. Just reminding us about the important contributions of Germans to cinema. And Yeah, and, re- and really just if you're on the job in a German movie, you are going insane. <laughs> <laughs> my recommendation is what used to be my favorite Wolfgang Peterson movie, but I think shares a, some of the qualities here, and that is In the Line of Fire. Um, I think this is him dealing with stars, at least one star, two stars, Clint Eastwood and Rene Russo, but then John Malkovich was on his way. This sort of made him a star. Um, so would you give that movie two and a half stars? I, mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the host of this particular episode, so I can't just react like Greg, but I wanted to <laughs> so bad. I have to move the conversation forward. Um, but like, uh, I think with a lot of Hollywood you know, sort of schmaltz and gloss and glitter, still effectively tense in a lot of the patient ways that Das Boot is, instead yeah. of the, we have to go a mile a minute, like his later movies. I think his last Hollywood movie was Poseidon. Um, this was sort of the last one of like, actually, let's chill back and make a movie for adults. You know, it doesn't have to be rushing. And that's why that, or rushing, that's why that movie works. So in the line of fire, Greyhound. Greyhound. And <laughs> come and see... All available or not, and also uh, Chappie. We'll do all. We we'll oh, recommend yeah, all four Check of those. Check out Greyhound is not Chappie. Okay, <laughs> just like not Chappie is not Chappie. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna see if this movie has any shot of winning movie of the year. It does not. <laughs> Guys, I forgot to ask you. Did you like this movie? I really did like this movie. Uh, I think you're supposed to be uncomfortable in a number of ways, and I was, and uh, it reminded me. War? Hey, what is it good for? And I would argue absolutely nothing except for eradicating Nazis, which is important. Uh, I would Greg, say this movie say also, again now. <laughs> I would eradicating say this movie Nazis. also argues that as well, that uh, this is one of the few War Sucks movies 
that I've seen where honestly this and come and see are yeah probably the two where yeah. even even if you watch the first 20 minutes of saving private ryan the rest of it's like yeah but war is pretty sweet they're right pretty, look at these guys they're pretty awesome this are the only people who are really alive <laughs> uh mike you talked about how you were bored for three and a half hours and loved every minute of it yeah um so yeah is this highly ranked in your estimation uh this is one of the best movies we've ever watched for this podcast oh damn better than mean girls it is just under Mean Girls. Both about different wars. Yes. And about, like, just be good to each other. Mm. You know, could all you we need be is good, good to people. each other. Uh, yeah, I think that this, I don't, I'll say that as much as I love this movie, as much as I was blown away by it, uh, just, I was trying to allude to this before, but, like, inarguably incredible filmmaking craft you know mm-hmm. whether you don't love the message or you think the message isn't um i don't know like clear enough or maybe you think nazis shouldn't be heroes any of those things i like it's impeccably made i'm not sure if it has a chance to win the year if it well, were eligible it's very based in the 40s so that tends yeah. to hurt these movies that is true uh, where we want the 82 movie or the, the the winner of any given year to be very much of that year. Yeah. Uh, so Duran that... Duran never sang during this one. No. Movie. No score at all, actually. Yeah. Well, the, the, the tone. The sonar mm. tone. But that sonar tone, I mean, that was doing like a thing where you could do like, boop, boop, dum, dum. Yeah. But yeah. And then is it going to get Moody's at the end of the year? It's sort of hard to award that as well. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I think we liked it a lot, and it would have done okay in the bracket, but I'm not totally sure. I mean, action scene, Does it violence, feel that- and shithead. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to see some violence, and we're going to see some shithead. But honestly, which of these Nazis was a shithead? Well, there Nazi were a lot of Nazis. Youth. No, I would definitely give it to Ginger Beard Fart Smirk. No, I loved that, that guy. guy. I thought it was Mexico Step Parents Ranch guy. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's Hitler Okay, yeah. All right. Well, Ginger uh, Fart. I guess I'm just like Stockholm syndrome at this fart. point. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that from both of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did, and then I guess my last question is: Do you guys think that this fills this uh, void or this opening that we have every season of the come and see brighter summer day? Like, yeah, I know Das Boot is I think a much more famous movie than those two, so sure. it's not like coming out of nowhere. But, but people have heard it, and then they think of the Hunt for Red October. I think half the people who Tide. say this movie have not fucking seen it. Yeah, I think I was thinking of a, of a different movie. Like, I don't know what I was thinking of, but I had five, a, seven, a, diff- one. a different image in there. Greyhound. Yeah, I guess it's one of the other sub-movies. So, um, but I was definitely surprised by it. And I hope that, you know, I hope people give it a watch. It's definitely worth seeing. Oh, I don't sure. know if I'm with you, Mike, where I think it's like one of the best movies we've done for the show. But it's certainly in like the, the the top of the movies that we've done, and I would definitely see it, even the near, even the three and a half hour version. It, it is, it yeah, it's a hard movie to recommend. Not one individual reason is hard, but you know, like the the rooting for Nazis things is not that big of a deal once you get into it. the The length it yeah. does go by quicker than you thought, but I swear to God, I spent more than three and a half hours watching this three and a half hour movie. Uh, <laughs> and the the boredom part when they're bored. You're not as bored as you think you will be. So right. it's it's a I definitely recommend it. I think we all do, but just a couple of things to think about before you dive in. <laughs> no! Oh, oh, damn. 
Oh, God damn it. And with that, keep watching those movies. <laughs>